So, Kyle, you caught the last 20 minutes of Sam's round three tournament game? I did, yeah. And, um, I mean, it was all one turn. And <laughs> here's here's what I want to say, though. A lesser player would have uh, rushed and would have given into late game foggy brain and missed that they could fit all the actions together into the puzzle piece that gets you exactly to 30 victory points. They would have ended at 29 and right. Or they would have waited to score the, uh, the Lord points. Like there, there was a whole order of operations that was extremely precise that you nailed. And, uh, you like triple checked everything. Like it was, it was really impressive. So I just wanted to say, Sam, like way to get to that point in the game that makes or breaks you and uh, stay cool under pressure. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I it was a very similar game to the, my last game. I played it almost turn for turn the same sways. <laughs> um, but I know at this point to like take my early turns quick because I know what's going to go down. I'm just setting myself up. I'm not doing anything that requires a ton of thinking. But then just like, all right, last turn, I always say, give me a second. And then I whip out my old notebook. <laughs> and I, here it's just a series of things. And you guys can't see because of my background. For listeners, for context, we just, uh, this is Sunday evening uh, in March. And Sam just played his round three game and won in a five player game of Root as the Moles. Yeah. Yep. This is the first five player win. In a tournament game, uh, I'm happy to take that crown. I'm going to the semifinals <laughs> to represent the podcast and all the Wimmies out there. Yeah, very excited for you. Congratulations. Thank that was you. a great game. As a little bit of a, let's just kick into this tournament recap, right? Yeah. Uh, it was a wait, 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 wait. Yeah, do it. Tournament recap. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was a game featuring the... Keepers in Iron, the Lord of the Hundreds, the Woodland Alliance, the Corvid Conspiracy, and the Underground Duchy with Murder She Root. Yeah, this game had it all. This was a real big slugfest. A lot of warriors on the board. Crows getting in the way of the Warlord, the Woodland Alliance getting in the way of the Badgers, and old Sammy hanging out in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> Let's actually, sorry, I should have given the names of these folks. Yeah. So, uh, Purpleite played the Corvid Conspiracy, uh, Demonic played Badgers, Nico played the, Nico GB played the uh, Lord of the Hundreds, and Bodison played the Woodland Alliance. Yeah, and uh, I had played with Demonic before in a casual game. I can't remember if we all played together, but when we were like talking before the game, I was we were like, oh yeah, we'd played before. But this was my first game with Purple, Purple Light, who is now the Ambush Queen. Oh my goodness. Oh, she man. had no less than six ambush plays <laughs> in this game. She had no less than every ambush play. Oh my <laughs> gosh, every time, and including my last turn, I was like... Yeah. Here you go, Jake. When I was like, what are the odds that she has another ambush? <laughs> and I was like, hey, you just got to factor it in either way. you know? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It was impressive. She played a really unlucky game of Crows. She was pretty bullied from my perspective. I think it's hard. Corvids like to hide out in the shady corners of the woodland. And in a five player game, there are less shady yeah. corners. And right. her and the warlord 
fought over some territory and they both came out the worst. Yeah. A great game played by everybody, I want to say. And Nico's going through to the semifinals because Nico won both of their round one and two games. Wow. And he was kind of in the dominant position from the outset in terms of like visually, right? But I think <laughs> it's funny. I actually didn't watch this game entirely. I had to step away from my computer and come back. And there was a consistency in the chat every time, which was uh, Squidmark, friend of the pod. Love Squid. Was pretty consistently being like, why aren't they stopping Sam? How is Moles <laughs> getting away with this? Why aren't they sabotaging the coffee makers? Like every time I come back, it was a new message reiterating the same thing that Sam was going to win unless everybody got their shit together. And it was very hilarious how I just kept walking into that without context. It was always about you. Yeah, I did get coffin makers. And over the course of the game, I think I got eight points from coffin makers. Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty close to that. <laughs> it was good. It was a good coffin. Uh, it, I mean, a five-player game with Woodland Alliance and Crows and then lots of battles. It it was ripe for coffins. Well, there was an early debate about if a sabotage is available, do you do do you sabotage your coffin makers or Woodland Alliance across the table happened to have gotten propaganda bureau up. Right. And everybody was kind of afraid of that. And there was a real back and forth. But I think it's unquestionably coffin makers because as we've talked about moles, they just need to start making up points. And that's all coffin makers does is just makes up points out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, the Woodland Alliance were in a tough position. They kept getting everything burned down. So I think they're like, you know, final form super craft yeah. wasn't mm -hmm. as dangerous as it would have been if they had a decent start. It took them a few turns to get a base down. In that crowded map with all those mob tokens, there was a it's rowdy. No, jubilant. jubilant. Yeah, jubilant opening caused a lot of mobs to get out there. And that was really hard for the Woodland Lions to find a base. This took place on the lake map. Yes. And uh, notably, the fox uh, suited clearings mm -hmm. were all like clustered together up in the top right yeah so that was like a really specific thing for like if corvids wanted to spawn in the foxes they could spawn everywhere where the warlord was <laughs> right that was their instant entanglement yeah it's interesting like i guess we'll talk about five player one of these days in more in depth because we've we've been so focused on four player but five player like really changes the dynamic on what faction you pick at the draft. Yeah, I was worried going in. I mean, before I knew what the flop was, I was like, oh, this could be a time for lizards. You know, I could finally play the lizards in the tournament game or otters, obviously. Mm -hmm. Otters feel very good in five player. That's an extra customer, you know. Yeah. Um, but neither of those were in the draft. The unchosen faction was the scoundrel vagabond, which I'm glad they were left out. I don't think anyone was like, I mean, it's hard to win as the scoundrel, you know, it's easy yeah. to make an awesome play, but hard to win. That's also hard to have him in the game. It's hard to win with him in the game. Right. Because he's just an agent of chaos. Right. Mm -hmm. One of those choke points is going to be gone. And it would have been to say like also <laughs> removing a clearing from an already crowded map. But then I guess the Vagabond isn't adding that much to the squabble over territory. Right. But in this in that case, it would just be taking away. <laughs> room from an otherwise four-player game. <laughs> mm -hmm. What I think we should highlight today about your game is actually your table talk because um, I think as Squid accurately identified, you were a threat pretty early on because you were being slow, steady, and safe. Mm -hmm. You went small bowl into double market, I believe, right? Yep. Same. That's my move. It's my mall's play. 
in a, you did it in a corner where no one was really contesting you and you kept talking about the leaders namely the badgers yeah and it turned out that was pretty accurate because the badgers kind of never really stopped even though it looked like they were going to but you wisely kept the heat on them even though whenever anybody made a very rational argument about why the moles are a threat it kind of just got forgotten which was impressive i think the times when people uh were talking about targeting me words like those vulnerable turns where it's like i have like a two markets down and like five warriors <laughs> so it's like Still a lot it's a lot but, yeah. but yeah it, like nobody wants to be the person to waste their whole turn doing it and probably leave it for the other person to get the three points of the two buildings in the tunnel right so i was able to just like be like you should do what's best for you i i kept everyone in the most selfish mindset possible I think that was your key because you kept them selfish, which is what honestly you kind of should be in the game of root, but not to your own detriment where someone wins the game. Right. <laughs> but you kept them thinking about the chaos of five players. And I think like the warlord didn't want to get too far from his strongholds and the Corvids didn't want to waste the time on you because they were already getting hit everywhere else. Mm -hmm. The Alliance didn't want to bother knowing you'd hit. And when they did put sympathy in your clearing, you dealt with it quickly and it made sense. You should. And then the Badgers, you know, whatever, they move over there eventually, you know. And so you kind of, you were left alone in a lot of great ways. Right. I mean, it truly was the Badgers were in the best position. And yeah. so it really fell on them to attack me. And they didn't want to because they were worried that would give the opening to the Warlord. Why do you say they were in the best position, though? Like, they were in Lake Map and they were starting on the west side. So they had a lot of maneuvering to do to get up to the rest of their relics. Yeah, it's just that they can burst. I mean, we saw it. I mean, if they right. had, if their retinue was a little bit more flexible, they would have had it on their turn. Yeah. So late game, what happened was, is the Badgers, like, I don't know, six card recruited or something insane? Yeah, three, three cards to get six warriors. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Three cards to get six warriors and suddenly had an, uh, an army <laughs> and yeah. just marched through your territory, ignored you to go get more relics. Yeah. I had 10 points of rule in that corner and they got 11 <laughs> badgers just so they could like move past it, move past the choke choke point. And their biggest threat, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. I mean, in retrospect, they probably could have gotten away with well, the, the problem was their retinue was not very flexible. There was a lot of suited cards, and I think they had one bunny battle or something. So it's like, what? They're going to come at my seven warriors with, or my eight warriors with one battle? Like, that's not But you knew they were the visual threat, right? On the scoreboard, they were the problem. Yes. And you played into that narrative, and everybody kind of fell for it. But actually, I shouldn't say everybody fell for it. They all acknowledged that you were like, table talking yeah <laughs> but they kind of just kept forgetting it in light of the yeah. fact that like none of them wanted to deal with you none of them wanted to go take the responsibility because they knew they would be risking their own game so you kept them in that selfish mode and then they didn't do it i mean it's not a winning game for anyone right to come at me at that point especially in five player right exactly it makes that uh tax even worse because yeah. You know, there is another player that's really ready to go and is really ready to capitalize on you attacking the other threat at the table. Right. Because the Badgers were prepared to potentially do it. The Alliance were prepared, prepared to potentially do it. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like five players a little more cagey than four player. <laughs> yeah. There's just so many more. There's like an additional player's turn who can come and wreck your whole oh, area. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm seeing is, is that they don't necessarily do that. They talk about how they should, but they can't risk doing so. It's a little bit like a standoff where everybody's pointing their guns at each other, but no one wants to fire. Yeah. 
And then maybe conversely, like once the attacks begin, it's just like a, you know, dominoes, domino effect of potentially bashing. Yeah. Yeah. A five player can get weird. Do, how how soon do you feel like it got entangled, Sam? Uh, probably on the crows first turn who went first. Like it just I think it was like the crows and the warlord were immediately entangled. That was like they were in each other's way. The Badgers had a little bit more room to maneuver, but as we all know, they need to like traverse a little bit. And I was blocking up one corner and the other like the other like zone had a huge warlord army. So it always felt hard for the Badgers to get across and the fairy never really worked out for him. Yeah. Lake is difficult for the Badgers. Yeah. That's a real hump to get over. And especially if you start on the lesser side. Mm hmm. Well, congrats, Sam. Super excited to uh, see you progressing on to round four. Yeah, semifinals. It's now do or die. But it's it's been do or die for me for the last couple of games because of my crow's whoopsie daisy. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of whoopsie daisies, the other game that happened today, I haven't had time to watch the full thing, so this isn't a full recap of game two of round three. However, the headline here is... Walrus Law did it again. <laughs> oh, no. Not another Crows win, this time this with guy. the cats. I know. He's he won with the o? cats. Oh, my goodness. This is, this is the, like, underdog hero. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. The factions that are rated lowest by the Root community at large. Walrus Law is just slaying. Yeah. He arrived <laughs> here from them. the year 2050 when Root 3rd Edition <laughs> is out of print, and he's like, I'm going to change the narrative around these factions that never came back. <laughs> I'm going to show you how I'm going to win three in a row in the winter tournament with the <laughs> worst rated factions. And then he's going to disappear back to his time space again. And we'll never. Does he have the best record going into round four so far? Well, there's only been two round three games. Round three games, so yes. Yeah. 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 Wow, congrats. <laughs> Yeah, congrats. Fully Wallace deserved. Strong. Fully deserved. Uh, both of those games are available on Garrick Samples Games Twitch channel. So go watch it there, folks. Uh, what other things do we have in something we didn't intro properly, which is Root News? Root News! <laughs> All right, you guys. Uh, things I noted there is a new TTS league starting on the Woodland Warriors Discord. Right. Whoa. So similar to the digital league that's been going on, people that play more regularly are going to be getting together to do uh, kind of like tournament games, but it's like league format. I haven't looked into it too much, um, but sounds awesome. And I wanted to give it a big shout shout. <laughs> um, uh, another big thing that I just saw before recording this episode is that the exiles and partisans and three new vagabonds are coming to root digital oh hallelujah that's right it's time to actually start playing root digital again folks because we got new content yeah that's amazing direwolf i would i'm ready to howl your praises (laughs) (laughs) so exciting this is this is a great development i mean we've been um calling for specifically the enp deck to be uh added to root digital for such a long time i think that is the one piece of content that is going to to make the game even greater and way more fun um to play on like a day-to-day basis so uh yeah and once again we got a whole bunch of wimmies making uh digital games uh and posting the ggs and all of that over on our discord channel the woodland war machine channel and the good time society discord 
Come check it out if you want to get together. Um, sounds like we got to play some Exiles and Partisans games coming up soon, you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I just hopped back onto digital a couple days ago, and then it immediately glitched my two games. And <laughs> oh, no. So maybe that's because they're working on the new stuff. Did you submit a report? I did not. Okay. But I'm sure the the Wimmies that do uh, did it on my behalf. <laughs> That's All optimistic. Right. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You guys, the Root Marauder expansion is here. If here is certain places in Europe. Okay. All right. I've seen people in France, in Belgium, in Germany have gotten some copies. All right. Wow. And state stuff looks like it's going out like this week. Whoa, amazing. It's going to start shipping. Can you cite that source? Um, Mr. Patrick Leader. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sounds official. Of Leader Games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he said on the Discord that uh, they should be starting shipping this week. Whoa. Yeah, yeah he was great. actually video conferencing from a boat. <laughs> tied up where sam was behind him (laughs) well ever since garrick started showing up to his house now he's got to live on a boat yeah (laughs) that's right it can never find you if you're always moving (laughs) that's all the root news i got all right good root news well today we're talking about the drafts that's right uh, once you turn 17, you got to sign up because you are getting recruited into this episode. Yeah, once you turn 21, you're actually allowed to participate in this episode. We're talking about the old ad set draft that was given to us with the Marauders expansion and kind of actually created by the community first, if we're honest, right? It definitely inspired by the work of the community, for yeah. sure. Yeah, specifically the, the plus one draft. Yeah, as we'll note here, uh, the draft that is used in the winter tournament is slightly different than the ad set draft that you get in the marauders expansion i think for our discussion today what we should do is we should uh do four drafts one for each map and then i think maybe deal a hand of cards to each seat and then all three of us sit in each seat and decide on what we'd like to draft based on the choices before us does that sound good to you i love that uh you want to do the autumn map first i think that's kind of the way that goes yeah you have summer i should say are we doing summer or autumn? That's a fantastic question. I uh, was going to propose summer, but... Summer. What? But they won't have summer. Who won't? The people listening to this podcast, unless they're playing on TTS. Oh, folks, you don't have summer? Um, there is no I guess summer. autumn map, then. Let's do tr- tradition yeah. autumn map. Yeah. Isn't, isn't summer just randomized clearing? Yeah, but on the board that's printed, like, the trees are a, a color. Oh, no, they can't see past the trees. They can't yeah. see the forest for the trees. Right. Yeah, they can't see the clearings for the trees. All right. We are on the autumn map. All right. Awesome. Hey, friends, future Jake here. One big component of this draft is the suit distribution of the clearings on each map. Uh, for visual reference, I've included a link to a picture of each of the four maps we built for this draft in the description of this episode. Additionally, on a funny note, I repeatedly reference Better Borough Bank as Better Bureau Bank. I don't know. None of us seem to notice during the recording, so I'm just leaving it in because it's funny. Um, now we should just draft five, right? Or should, let's let's choose a deck. Um, let's do two of these with standard, two of these with exiles. Is that fair? Yeah. I know yeah, we yeah. all want to do exiles, but no, I want to do a mix. All right, let's do exiles first. Okay. Okay. So how this is going to work? How the official ad set draft works? 
is we're going to deal one red faction out to the table. Then we're going to take the two decks of faction cards, uh, put them together, and then deal out the rest. With the last insurgent faction getting locked. Locked because at least the red faction needs to be picked before that fourth locked faction is picked. Yes, exactly. Yeah, before the, the last insurgent faction can be chosen. Right. Insurgent. Thank you. Great. Okay, so I've mixed up the red factions, and I'm going to deal out the Eerie Dynasties. And we're going to deal out the Marquis de Cat, the Lord of the Hundreds, the Vagabond, which will be the Tinker. Okay. And the Keepers in Iron. Wow, okay. So big, heavy, heavy uh, red faction mix so far, plus a Tinker. All right, so as our fourth seat player, we're selecting our first faction, and the cards in our hand are as follows. Holy Lord, that's a lot of bird cards. <laughs> we got a Boat Builders, and a Bird Ambush, an Anvil, a Woodland Runners, and a Visit to Friends. As a reminder, that's three bird cards, one fox, and one rabbit suited card. Right, okay. I will say something uh uh, interesting came up in my draft uh, today when I was playing my tournament game. It became obvious to me that the crows were going to flip an extortion on me turn one. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to lose one of the cards in my hand. So this is the only time I had a bird ambush in those first five cards and didn't choose it because I thought the worst case scenario is I get, I lose a card and they get it. Wow, interesting. Oh, So whoa. I found a reason to not keep an ambush. All right, but I think we're keeping the ambush in this 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 draft here. Yeah, I mean, I'm already gravitating towards one of the factions here because we have the anvil and a bird ambush in our starting hand. I feel like that's kind of teeing up the tinker big time, right? Yeah, the anvil. I think tinker is the choice. First yeah, choice, we've got no doubt. Multiple item cards, including the hammer, plus a bird ambush to get us through that first turn or two where we're still super vulnerable. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say keep the, uh, the hammer, the bird boot and the bird ambush and go tinker. How much of your calculation is also the fact that there's four red hot factions that are going to be tangoing with each other. Or I mean, three, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'd get beat up a little bit, but that first turn is in the forest. So I feel like I would, I'm a little safe Mm -hmm. draft wise. Cause like I, I get to choose where I deploy after seeing everybody else's setup. So I could probably end my first turn over by the cats and be like, Hey, I'll aid you a bird card. Yep. If you let me hang out in your territory for a turn, they agree to that. And then I craft the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> or hang on to it. You know, maybe don't paint, paint a target so soon, but like. Um, I think there's a consideration here for badgers. Because of all the birds. Uh, all the bird cards and badgers like the autumn map because of its interconnectivity. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but I think y- if this was base deck, there would be no shout for any anything else. You'd go tinker. Um, but I still think that Tinker is the right choice for the for the fourth seated player. All right. All right. So let's let's give that to the fourth seated player and then let's transfer over to the third seated player and with the context that the Vagabond is in the game. So uh, Vagabond is chosen. That leaves us with Eerie Dynasties, Marquise de Cat, Lord of the Hundreds, Keepers and Iron. And then let's see what this person draws. And remember, we don't really know what the Vagabond has in there. Right. Yeah. We're not making these decisions based off of that. All right. We have... 
the league of adventurous mice root tea investments swap meet and marine broker that's Oof. four mouse one rabbit that is a good crafting hand yeah mm -hmm. none of those factions are particularly crafty it's also four of one suit yeah especially on automatic this would make me hesitate to pick uh the keepers right because of the heavy suited nature of this hand yes although i think you can craft coins turn one no you can't not on this no map. you can only place no well maybe no you gotta have edge clearings the top edge clearing though right right but you can't place two yeah okay so you can't craft coins turn one but also the tinkers in the game like do you want to be crafting items right away well you definitely don't want to craft the tea I feel like coins is not that big a deal. But. Coins is probably fine. What if you are the Lord of the Hundreds? Ooh. That's an interesting notion. I actually think that would be a great... That's what, that was my kind of instinct boy. after this popped up. Now, granted, Vagabond's in the game, so it's going to get competitive, but if you got yeah. starting out there, that's kind of nice. Wow, and Marine Broker actually would be an insane craft for Warlord. Yeah, yeah. That would be insane, because they're so card poor... That being able to draw that extra card of every craft would be amazing. And you're probably going to use these cards to get what you need from them. So yeah, more cards I mean, great. start with that root T in a mouse clearing that has two building slots. Mm -hmm. Spend the League of Adventures mice or something to build a second stronghold and craft yep. marine broker. Yep. Yeah, I think you guys are right. I think this is the Lord of the Hundreds. Agreed. Seat three is bestowed. The Lord of the Hundreds. Okay, cool. And then they, uh, they can actually start in either edge clearing, uh, the one right next to Texas on the left, or the top right corner to get that double build slot in a mouse. Which one do you think is better? Actually, there's a third one as well, um, kind of on the south side. I don't know. I guess I'd want to be in the top right. Although the... Um, Mobs would like to probably spread from Texas. Yeah, right. Texas makes more sense for inciting, and you're going to want to do that with cats and eerie potentially in the game, right? Yeah, so I guess Jake... Well, we want I'd this in a mouse suit. Go in the mouse clearing, just like one clearing up from you. Oh, right, yes. So we're kind of in the center left. Mm -hmm. And it um, does roll fox consistently. Uh, right. I think 80% of the time is the yeah, statistic. Yeah, roughly 80% so of the time. So mm -hmm. that's actually a great place to begin. Yeah, you yeah. know what was hilarious as a response to last week's episode? I was listening to it, and Jake's like, I want to see the code for, <laughs> for the roller. And then Nev just copy and pasted the code into the Discord chat. Well, yeah, one line of which is like, dot random which okay, I mean, <laughs> what does that mean yeah <laughs> but let's not get it too much into existentialism uh if you look up random in the dictionary you actually just see a fox which is very weird it yeah. actually pulls a definition from somewhere else in the dictionary <laughs> uh all right so woodland or the warlord is over in uh oregon right sorry yeah. the warlord is over in the far west side and the mouse clearing in the middle all right let's take seat number two now uh, as a reminder what's left is the eerie dynasty the marquise de cat and the keepers in iron our hand of five cards is rabbit partisans root tea swap meat root tea and informant so both those root teas uh there's three rabbits and two fox wow this is like the other hand but worse this is crazy Jeez, so yeah, only rabbit and fox is, uh, man, I'm not loving this for anybody, because, no. I mean, cats could probably make it work, birds really don't want this, I think, 
And then the Keepers and Iron are going to struggle as well. Yeah, and I both mean, of these retinue heavy or, you know, <laughs> program heavy factions don't want this hand. I guess you gotta Despot go could make it work with a slow hand, you know, a yeah, slow start true. and like hope that's for true. that bird card on the first turn to put into recruit. But yeah, as someone who's like been almost like in endless turmoil because of lack of bird cards, I've been so traumatized to never pick birds when I don't have a bird. <laughs> yeah, well. I feel like, yeah, cats is like your conservative bet here is like to play it safe i guess compared to the other two not that we would always choose that but it feels like the safer pick the problem is like the best card in this hand is a t and you're not going to craft that with yes. the tinker in the game that's true you're not going to get you're not going to get it out there and if the warlord's out there too so then you got swap meat and rabbit partisans which you could probably craft on subsequent turns so that's nice I think you're right like we take the factions that are maybe not best suited for this hand but better suited for its environment right yeah and then i'm like do you hand jail the t or do you throw them both back and swap meet out the informants i just don't know this is this is one of those times where you get that starting hand and you you just have to make it you know Work. something happen yeah i mean for me just because of my comfort i would go birds here turn one craft the swap meet hope to get that bird card on the first draw and if you don't you have another chance with the swap meet before you have to add it into your decree yeah and just go despot double yeah. move kind of situation or maybe recruit. I'd, I'd probably just go one move but you might as well i kind of have the same idea but with badgers a little bit i just feel like this suit distribution lends you to be able to kind of make it work depending on where you get suited, right? Or like if you yeah, get over so. on the if right you start side, in the bottom right corner, right. that would let you like sprint north. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just feel like you get stuck in the mouse clearings no matter what. Just about. Yeah, they do kind of just pierce through the middle there, don't they? Yeah, but you do start with your two um, faithful retainers for uh, yeah for a wild move. So I mean, maybe it's not quite as dire as we're making it out to be. I guess this would be between badgers and birds because there's really no strong uh cat synergy going on here no it's already going to be a bad matchup for cats with this yeah. many red factions and then yeah. having no bird cards is just a non-starter yeah exactly no way to reinforce or what would you get... go kyle i'd say birds jake says badgers what would you go i, I guess i'm with you on the badgers angle jake because I, I i think with the card advantage that is possible on their turn one that you can easily get yourself out of this pickle yeah mm. that's true all right so seat two takes badgers that leaves only the marquis <laughs> that leaves only the marquis to cat and the eerie dynasties for the first player who will go first right so where are we assuming the badgers are going to set up down uh down here probably bottom right i would yeah. guess mm -hmm. yeah that's the only spot i believe or top right yeah i think Bottom right. I think bottom right, especially because they don't more have more sense mouse given cards. the suit yeah. situation. Sure. All right. So as a reminder for the board state folks, the uh, Lord of the Hundreds is over on the middle west mouse clearing of the autumn map and the Badgers are over on the bottom right and the Vagabond is hiding in the trees. OK, the fourth, the first player, I should say, but fourth in the draft pick has the starting hand of Birdie Bindle, Mouse Partisans, a uh, Fox Ambush, Crossbow and Arms Trader. That's three bird cards, one Fox, one mouse. Now, the birds, if if you're choosing birds, they have to start in the top right mouse 
I believe. Based on ad set, right? Based on what right. their because proximity to other clearings. Two away. Oh, actually, there is no spot. So there, then they yeah, could there's, choose. There's no legal spot to make that happen. No, right? you're right. You're right. So then they could choose what between there and here? Uh, top center as top well center, as yeah. uh, Cancun. Okay. So they could choose bottom, middle, or top, middle, or far. But I top think right. I, if I were birds, I would go top right for yes. sure. Yeah. yeah. There's just so much possibility from there and this is a decent birds starting hand we're judging cats as a little bit of underdogs in general right but also kind of in this aggressive matchup your buildings yeah, are going to get taken out i feel like cats are going to suffer yeah mightily here yeah this is a great cat's hand and that would be a great cat starting clearing i think it really just comes down to the faction matchup that's yeah, why we don't yeah. like cats here i mean here's something to keep in mind though too is you know those ruins are going to open up that's true. There's more building slots for the cats. And you know it's going to frustrate the warlord to have to deal with all those cats. Yeah. So then, really, you're going to be dealing with the badgers, I guess, and the tinker. It's just going to be a lot to handle. But that's the thing, is like the badgers and the lord are always going to battle where they go, getting their stuff done. Yeah, and they're not going to be that incentivized to clash with each other. Yeah, it feels like you would rather have the might of the dynasty behind you when confronting them a little bit because cats are just so fragile at the extensions of their empire. True. Yeah, this is a good hand for God of War, too. I mean, it is. A lot is. of bird cards. I probably would go God of War, actually, because, yeah. you know, the thing is, is if you start with the birds here, it's three red factions who are pretty spread out on a fairly empty board and a tinker. Yeah. So that warlord is going to get juiced up pretty fast. Even though they're in competition for the items, the, they're going to fill up the board uncontested for the first couple of turns. So I don't know. I think there's some trade-offs there. You may want to go for an aggressive eerie start. Remind the uh, listeners what God of War is. So God of War is your charismatic leader starting out. Uh, you're going to add a card to move and a bird card to build. So your suited move obviously has to start, uh, has to match your starting clearing with that first roost so here would be a, a mouse card and that's just going to get you uh, a solid amount of recruit you're going to be able to get out on the map start your roost production and just be really solid in the face of two fighty factions yeah and you're losing mouse partisans which is not the worst one to give away there not a I, tragedy yeah i think this is definitely the play you just got to make sure that you have something to fight on turn one that's a good point, actually. So here in this board state, I feel like it would be tough without a second You can't move. do it. Yeah. So God of War it would be okay, just kind of delayed. Uh, if you want right. To go, like, in you have direction. to have a slow first turn. Yeah, but like get control of the north and then start rolling into the Warlord territory and picking off spare mob tokens and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But you'd have to put that fox ambush into move. Yeah, you do. You do have to do that. I might even go despot. Just try to have a stable despot. Just because of how spare the opening is, how everything's all clumped up. Uh, hopefully there'll be like mob tokens around too, right? Well, you're first player. I mean, eventually. Eventually. Yeah, you're not yeah, fighting yeah. on turn one, right? <laughs> you, yeah. If you're charismatic, you got to be fighting turn one. If you're charismatic, you got to fight. So yeah, I think... Um, wow. this is It's a weird situation being... Uh, the player who picks last and goes first when mm -hmm. you're looking at a God of War strategy. Mm -hmm. You really got to double check to make sure you have somewhere to fight. I think Eerie is a good pick here. I mean, I might even go Builder. Don't. Don't do that. 
No, I don't think so. Despot's Despot's a good call. Don't do that. <laughs> I'll edit out that past hour where we just debated that. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I would go Despot and just so that you have the the stability on turn one. Because otherwise you're gonna be locking yourself into a bunch of suited moves. The stability of move build? Yeah. The fact As opposed that, to build battle, you mean? Right. Or recruit battle, excuse me. Battling on turn one is hard given yeah. how far everyone is away. All right. That's our autumn draft. Well done, team. Nice. Here we go. It's time for the winter map. Yeah. That's right. It's the winter map. Here's our suit distribution. It's random. (laughs) Yeah, it's Uh, pretty spread out. This is very well mixed. Um, In fact, every like row, if you want to read it straight across left to right, along the top row, Mm -hmm. it's uh, rabbit, mouse, rabbit, fox. Middle row is fox, mouse, rabbit, fox. And then the bottom row is mouse, fox, rabbit, mouse. Yeah, like it's that's good. good. Complete mix. It's like the uh, the autumn map, but on winter. Yeah. There's <laughs> only a couple clearings I can see where it's like like suits are adjacent. but Yeah, the, only a the, couple adjacencies. But yeah. yeah. In fact, each suit um, has one. Yeah. Wow. This is be- way better mixed than it usually is on winter map. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, good to know. There's no real like suit strongholds or anything. Um, yeah, let's see our first red faction. All right, our first red faction is the underground duchy. These are the moles with bureaucracy and a whole lot of swaying. Sway, sway. <laughs> uh, next faction, the River Folk Company, the Vagabond, specifically the Adventurer, Ooh, okay. the Eerie Dynasties. And the Lord of the Hundred. Man. Interesting. Okay, this is this is a cool mix. Another body bag of a match. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, fairly fighty mix. Um, I I think the Riverfoot Company has a pretty high chance of getting picked in this type of mix. So I might go for as somebody in the fourth seat. I might even choose Riverfolk Company based on the cards that I get to give the most amount of time for other players to buy on turn one. Oh, that's an interesting choice. I never considered that fact that, that you know, <laughs> your public hand becomes early information pre-game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a fun factor. But let's uh, let's let's see this first hand of cards. Yeah. All right. So as the player in the fourth seat, you've been dealt five beautiful cards. We'll do the base deck for the winter map. Okay. And we've got Bake Sale, Ooh. Arms Trader, Brutal Tactics, Fox Folk Steel, and Favor de la foxes okay so two swords a coins brutal tactics in favor of the foxes wow so many fox suited crafts (laughs) yeah two fox suited cards two bird cards and one rabbit card i mean this would make me double check that though because i I might end up going for like a warlord thing i see a couple of fox clearings on the edge that have two building slots wait actually just one uh covered by ruins yeah so it seems like that would be a nice place to drop a mob token on turn one yeah and then after cleaning up that ruins you'd be able to drop a stronghold and craft a couple of swords there's also two uh fox clearings on the river Ooh, very true granted i mean you might you might have such a good hand here that you're gonna force people to buy favor of the foxes right out of your hand you know that is a really good point yeah i i guess it's one of those things where like if i'm the warlord and i see this hand in sitting over on the otters like i would change my game plan to like make that work yeah 
There's so many high value items. Hmm. I mean, it's pretty easy to craft these things for otters. Yeah, I think Warlord true. is a good shout too because doubling up on that swords item could be huge. Yeah, yeah. But you won't definitely. get the points for it. No, no. But you a you deny the points, and you boost the prowess immediately. Um, and if you double up on items, you actually only get rid of one mood. Also, if you're able to craft both those swords, you guarantee that the adventurer has one sword for the whole game. Yeah, that's true. And you might even snipe that from the ruins. That's a really good oh point. Oh my Sam. gosh, you could have an undefended adventurer the whole game. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good thing that you guys are considering what you'll be going up against if you choose that faction. Because like, you'll also right. want to, if you're Lord of the Hundreds, kind of get in everybody else's faces on this map. This being winter, you're going to want, if the duchy or the river folk are in here, you want to entangle with them pretty quickly, right? Yeah, I was I thinking so. moles because you can, like, turn one double build and get those swords out right away. Mm. But you are giving the swords to the warlord or to the vagabond. And there isn't a clearing where you can make that work here, at least as long as that ruins token is there. So I think moles are out for this hand. So you saying Lord of the Hundreds was your, your favorite pick? I mean, for my comfort level, I mean, I think we should be trying to do it in the abstract, but well, I think I would advise people to go with the faction they're comfortable with, and I'm not comfortable enough with Lord of the Hundreds to do it, say, but yeah, I think I, it is the right choice. <laughs> I will say, let's let's kind of be agnostic of our own skill level in each faction. Let's kind of think about this of like, what's the best pick in the situation as objectively as possible? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so we yeah. can narrow it down a little bit. Given that this is a very subjective subject, right? Like, yeah. So yeah. Uh, let's think about this too. We also have the option, if we're the Eerie Dynasties, which are also in the flop we haven't talked about yet, you can actually like lock away two of those swords in the decree Ooh. and prevent the adventurer and the warlord from getting pumped up that way. Yeah. There is one more swords in the deck, but yeah. you do a good job of keeping it away. Yeah. Yeah, you keep you make it scarce for sure. Yeah. And with this type of clearing distribution, I feel like suited cards and move are gonna be super, super easy to take yeah. advantage of. Yeah. So I think Eerie would be a decent pick as well. The The only issue with picking Eerie as the player in the fourth seat is that you have to call your shot immediately about the leader. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That's a tough one, given the distances that are potential on this map with starting clearings and stuff. Very true. Very true. So it could be an issue. If Riverfolk are in the game, you might be able to make use of uh, riverboats or mercenaries or something. Yeah. But yeah, it could be tough. I mean, I think the Warlord plan is pretty clear. Yeah. About trying to just go for the, the fox clearing that has a ruins and two build slots once you clear that ruins and just go for a mob token on turn one. Plus that lower fox clearing is like in a good position to hop over the the and equator. The other ruins. Right, yeah. I feel like um, those bottom clearings, whenever I've seen a Warlord trash on winter map has been control of the south first yeah yeah i think that's kind of tipping me towards lord of the hundreds at yeah. least to start um all the river folks plan of just feeding everybody makes some sense too but i i gotta go warlord great i agree let's do warlord in the fourth player seat they take their hand and have a great time with it uh where are we gonna put them the south we said yeah yeah starting in that uh lower fox clearing Great. on the ruins and if you're trying to imagine it at home it's in the lower row it's like the second one yeah center left 
I will link a picture of at least the starting map before the factions are placed down so you at least have an idea of where the clearings are. That should be a good reference point. We're talking about what we got remaining. We got Underground Duchy remaining, the River Folk, the Adventurer, and the Eerie Dynasties. If you are in the third player seat, you've drawn this hand. Command Warren, Better Bureau Bank, Crossbow, Code Breakers, and Command Warren. That's three rabbits, two mouse. Hmm. Guess you could make this work with the Duchy. I mean, if I have better Bureau Bank, I'm like so happy to be Duchy. So yeah. it's, which comes And you first. get to easily start in that northern stretch where yep. there is a rabbit clearing with two building slots. Yeah. I mean, this feels like a Duchy hand to me. Yep. No bird cards. Yep. You also have Command Warren, which is like the same crafting as better Bureau Bank. So you can just kind of set yourself up for easy crafting for two turns. Yep. Yeah. And getting a sway on turn one is going to be real easy. Mm. Yep. Okay. That was, I love how quick and easy that was. Moles, you have been chosen. Okay. I think it's a solid starting in for Moles. It's not like any knockouts, but you're not losing any of those cards either. I don't know. Better Burrow Bank's solid. Yeah. Turn one craft. I would. I would double early. mark turn one craft it. It's a dream pick. Provided the rest of these armies. Don't. Yeah. All you got to do is build and move on turn one. Don't even need to recruit or anything. Yeah, you should be pretty solid. Hopefully, you won't be under too much uh, pressure on turn one. Where does he start? Um, kind of top center right. So sort of like opposite where the um, warlord is starting. All right. That's the underground duchy in the third seat. Let's go to second player. They have to choose between the river folk, the adventurer, and the eerie dynasties. They got a starting hand of stand and deliver. Favor Ooh. the rabbits, okay. crossbow, cobbler, and root tea. That's two fox, two rabbit, one bird. Hmm. Okay. Um, I got strong feelings. Yeah, I, th I feel like this could be a nice river folk hand, especially with like a tea, um, a favor, and a bird card could be a appealing. Adventure likes seeing these too. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Adventure yeah. crafting that tea turn one. Yeah, that's so nice. Yeah, it could Probably be Probably nice. the crossbow and I favor. just feel like adventure in this mix right now is going to be so scared. <laughs> Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about that real quick. Like when you are thinking about the Vagabond and the Lord of the Hundreds is already in the game. Like what's your how do you calculate that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, you got to think about your ruin circuit a little differently. Mm -hmm. And he's in a strong position in this part already because you'd be going before the Lord of the Hundreds. Yep. One thing to think about is you could sneak in and steal the ruin item from their starting clearing. Right. And then run away with the idea of anytime they spread a mob token, you just go there first and grab the item. Mm. And in that way, deny the warlord um, their kind of like item strategy. The only problem is, is that wherever the mob token is, so will be the warlord's warriors. And you are but a shy, undefended adventurer. <laughs> so... Uh, it's it's a big risk for that type of Vagabond to pursue that sort of strategy. So I think the best ruin circuit for you is going to be start far away and then stay away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, I think the, the clearing distribution here, because it's so even, is pretty good for questing. I think so, too. Yeah, you, this could be a very questy um, situation. With the it, T especially right. early on, it's going to be extremely helpful. Right. So I would say Adventure would be a decent pick. Start in the middle and... Um, Slip into that lower right um, rabbit clearing wow. on turn one. 
I'll be honest, I'm a little surprised Adventurer got it, but yeah, this hand kind of sells it, right? Yeah, and I think like also you could be like, hey, I'm not that big of a deal. I'm the Adventurer. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It is know? like an instant cooling of the heat. Right, there's going to be otters and warlord and moles in the game. Like, you are right. going to be able to go undetected. So. Yeah, and actually even some of them will be looking to you for help, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, we'll see, but, like, it feels like these are already not going to entangle with each other too quickly. I guess it depends what this fourth faction is here. Uh, already it seems like the warlord's going to be absorbing a lot of that open map yes. territory yes. Uh, here in winter. All right, so last seat, first player. They'll take the first turn. They have to choose between the Riverfolk Company and the Erie Dynasty. Their starting hand, oh boy. Their starting hand is Woodland Runners, Stand and Deliver, Rabbit Dominance, best card in the game, Bird Dominance, and Better Bureau Bank. Mm, another Better Bureau Bank. Yeah, this is not the most confidence-building uh starting hand i mean i guess i'd be leaning eerie dynasties with this type of hand because it's yeah. no big ticket items for anybody else at least not that i would want anybody else to have you got your bird cards to at least get flexible with your yeah, you got two bird cards yeah. you can uh be, because of the starting homeland clearings for lord of the hundreds and the moles you kind of have your pick of um edge clearings here i would say maybe starting on the um center right fox clearing i'm not even sure I mean, I, I hear you that this hand is not great for otters, but I feel like the faction matchup is decent. Yeah. Adventure I get, I get that. might yeah. buy from you turn one. Yeah, and you would get the chance to pump your hand on turn one as well. Right. No one's really interfering with the river early on either. You do have two factions that are going to want to buy items from you pretty eagerly as well. True, Yeah. Does anyone have a firm opinion or are we all mm. kind of deadlocked? <laughs> Man, it's just, a, it's a little challenging. I think you would need at a certain point to check the duchy and prevent the warlord from spreading out too much. And I just think that that's too much homework for the, the otters. Folk. Yeah. Yeah. So you want the strength of the dynasty to be able to deal with the crap that's going to happen later on yeah I, but i can also see the argument for like you can maybe play those two factions off each other if they want to race like warlord's going to need the help yeah let's frame the question this way then let's take out the like everyman nature of this if you were in the seat kyle what would you choose i feel like you'd choose birds yeah i actually might go river folk okay just because if i'm if i'm gonna I, have that very first turn i'm just gonna draw three cards three cards <laughs> yeah just drawing three cards, pitching one, and uh, hoping for the best. Okay. I just changed my mind to go eerie. I feel like because I, I think you guys are right. Like both these factions, like Whirler's going to try and take up a lot of space and race that way. And Molds are going to take up a little bit of space and race that way. And I think it's going to be hard to incentivize them to attack each yeah. other mm-hmm. unless you take up a bunch of space to deny Warlord and he has to go searching for it in the north. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Because otherwise, Otters and Vagabond is just like leaving. And it, look at the bottom. It's like the whole south of the winter map for the Warlord. It's going to be hard to convince the Duchy to like uproot yeah. down there. No, they're not going to. Why would they? They'll dig probably because they have to if they're put in that position. But if they're in that position, you're in trouble too. Strategically, you would really, really want to do your best to cut the Warlord off from going to the the eastern East. half yeah. of the map. Right. And I yeah. think the the Eerie would be the best faction to be able to do that. Yeah. 
And this, these cards will work. They're not great, but they're great. They'll I, yeah, work. I think they would totally work. They would totally work. Yeah, the otters would let them run rampant too often, right? Like, I might even start Charismatic and put two cards in a move or something crazy like that. Mm. All right, so for the fourth pick, going with the birds. Going with the birds. I think that's the right call. Yeah. You want Could the go Charismatic, God of War, and just head straight north and fight the moles as well. Just go for it. Yeah, you also don't, like, as we've learned from Sam's game, kind of want to disrupt their flow a little bit, because if left alone, <laughs> they'll table talk their way to victory. <laughs> All right. I hate, I hate the moles. <laughs> you did so well with them. I yeah. know. You should They're, thank them. No, I shouldn't be able to win like that. The moles are lame. <laughs> Wait a second. You can't just throw that out in between segments. What do you mean you shouldn't be able to win like you did? I think that the moles are my least favorite design of a faction. Because of how once you've kind of solved the the small into a certain slightly transitioned into buildings it's kind of foolproof to play conservatively if you're not raced too hard against is that what you're saying i, I guess so i just feel like uh, they don't have to do a lot on the board and that's a bummer you know yeah i mean you, See what you mean yeah they get a lot of passive points and a lot of points for just having something there they don't have to do a lot they can get a lot done with a small footprint yeah yeah that's a fair point i will say though no one took the opportunity to go deal with your footprint and no i know you made it very defensible you made it very unenticing to do so i just feel like those numbers are pretty easy to impact if you like do it early yeah no no, no. yeah you gotta knock if you out lose the little moles, stragglers like in the yeah early game like it's it's not trivial to like replace recruits like that that's an interesting nature of that faction is you have to do it before their strength occurs, right? They're one of the few factions that's like that. I mean, Alliance to, to some extent as well, but like you kind of have to stop them before you see their, how their engine's going to destroy you. I mean, they honestly remind me a little bit of Vagabond in that way, where just like mm -hmm. a little preventative pressure early in the game can be enough to just like hit the snooze button on that faction for like a full turn. But that's meta information, right? That's something that you need to know having played against that faction before. You can't really remember, know that. Um, last year's winter tournament finals, uh, I played as the Eerie and the first thing I did was I just attacked a mole <laughs> situation. Just like turn one, I'm just like, I'm going to hit him. <laughs> just make it rough. Like make it difficult to this like, is my board get established yeah because <laughs> that early punch like yeah it just you know it's gonna tax them to recover yeah anyway um but yeah sam I, I agree with you if if no one deals with it you're gonna win right well yeah and i'm not saying that it's like they're overpowered or the moles are solved i don't want to say that that's not, not how i feel i feel like it's just unsatisfying to play against them yeah, I hear in that. a way where it's like, I don't know, the Eerie is a very fun faction to play as and to play against. You know what I mean? Right. Because there's like, you know, something you can interact with. Whereas right. The moles are very insular. Ooh, we're on Lake Map now. Yes. And Lake Map with a somewhat healthy clearing distribution. All the foxes to the left. Yeah, all <laughs> foxes on the left side of the board here. And a good mix of fox of uh, sorry mouse and rabbit on the right side i think this would be a bit of an awkward uh distribution for with an alliance for sure uh let's look at the faction picks 
Uh, for our first red faction, it's the Keepers in Iron. Okay. Where they're going to shuffle the rest of the deck together and reveal the Underground Duchy, the Eerie Dynasties, the Lord of the Hundreds. Okay, very red faction heavy once again. Again. And the Arbiter. (sighs) Okay. This is just very fighty. Fights out, yeah. Well, that's what happens in a game of warfare. Uh, True, very true. Not one cult flop. Okay, interesting. Um, I mean, I tend to think that the lake map favors mobility mm-hmm. kind of just naturally. So factions that have the ability to like scoot around and escape the chokes do pretty well. But if I'm in the fourth player seat, looking to set up first, what I'm mostly thinking about is that opening hand of cards. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, let's look at that opening hand of cards. Ooh. We've got investments, bird ambush, bake sale, rabbit partisans, and bird dominance. That's two rabbit, two bird, one mouse. Wow, okay. Um, well, that's pretty encouraging. Um, I guess what I'm thinking about is either the keepers or maybe the duchy. Trying to just squeeze the points out of those coins like real early in the game, right? I mean, you can get if you can get six points just for nothing. That'd be crazy. I, I feel like as soon as you put the two markets down, reveal that you have both coins. <laughs> those two markets aren't lasting for those second coins. Yeah, and I guess for keepers, you would want to place the way station, and then you would be hampered by not being able to put those cards into your retinue. Right. I mean. You could craft the coins and then have like a bird, the two birds to throw in the retinue. I feel like that'd be Ds. Yeah, true, true. I mean, what what if you go Lord of the Hundreds and keep that's yeah the coins plus rabbit partisans and uh, uh, I don't know, drop a second stronghold in that lower right clearing, which is a, a rabbit. That's what I would think. Is Lord of the Hundreds feels like the the pick for here? Like yeah. get those coins rolling quick. Yeah, because especially if you turn one rowdy as well. Oh yeah, and draw more cards to replace yeah i guess you wouldn't even have to start in the lake either if you wanted a little more security you could start on that ruins clearing uh that is rabbit in the kind of center right mm-hmm. and having those strongholds early in the game is going to let you spread out and uh taking that territory up in the top right kind of neighborhood area very very helpful yeah like i feel like lord of the hundreds kind of has to take the upper area a lot of these times right i think so i think that'd be super helpful i think that'd be super helpful and it, it really does help to be able to get that recruit up very very quickly with the coins feeding into prestige yeah i actually think this is kind of a knockout right okay good. lord of the hundreds hands. all right love that you came to that conclusion as well so lord of the hundreds is in the fourth player seat and they're gonna set up i think we you want to do that uh rabbit clearing there on the right hand yeah, side that's center middle rabbit yeah. clearing it's got two open building slots and a ruins um which just seems like really really it's just so easy to get to three out of the four ruins from here yeah you know, Agreed. And, and opening Rowdy as well for the extra card draw. Like, you're going to be spending one of those cards to build a stronghold, ready to craft in your next turn. Like, this is going to be fantastic. Also, denying the coins from anybody else as well. I guess, like, more and more as we're going through the drafts, the thing that I'm thinking about is, like, can I use my starting hand to come up with a plan informed by what's going on on the board? Like... Given what's available, what factions are there, like, can I come up with an idea for turn one? doesn't mean you have to, like, be locked in or anything like that, especially if circumstances change. Going forth, like, a lot of things are going to happen before your first turn um, even comes around. But I, I, I guess I just feel more 
I feel most drawn to picking a faction that I have a plan for as opposed to just something that I'm comfortable with. Right. Well, that's what I kind of wanted to talk about today, too, is like I also I definitely play this way when drafting is like, what am I most confident in? Not necessarily what I would compare against. But I think for us talking generally in terms of the skill at root, it's best to analyze kind of faction matches up matchups and, you know, card availability and such in a general sense. But at the end of the day, do what you're most comfortable with. I also think Warlord is good in this matchup right yeah. there's no with an alliance there's no corvids there's no lizards we've had warlord and vagabond in all of three of these haven't we yeah Together. that's right so yeah there's gonna be that competition for resources potentially yeah all right well let's look at seat number three now that we've chosen lord of the hundreds so seat number three uh has to choose between the duchy the dynasties the arbiter and the keepers and iron their opening hand is root t fox partisans gently used knapsack Dominance, uh, rabbit dominance, and a visit to friends. That's three fox, two bunny. That's screaming duchy to me, just based on the lack of bird cards. Yeah, this definitely seems like a duchy opening, especially because with Warlord deployed on the right side of the board, that leaves all those foxes on the left side available for swaying. Very true. And the... you have like the whole west side of the map is fox. Yeah, the Dutch can tuck themselves away in that bottom left corner pretty yeah. pretty easily. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that's where I would deploy. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, I think that's the right move. If you go in that bottom left corner, you're going to have pieces in, bowl, in every suited clearing right yep. off the bat. So that gives you lots of flexible stuff for swaying. Yep. Uh, you got a couple items to craft if you wanted to go that route. Partisans is one I'd probably throw back. Yeah, it feels a little safer than the uh, top left. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're both like a little bit risky somewhat, but just kind of looking around at the last factions remaining, like the Eerie, the Vagabond, and the Keepers, really by picking that bottom left corner, you would force those other factions to kind of be bottled up over by the uh, Warlord as well. Yeah, you kind of claim that fortress down there a little bit, don't you? Yeah. All right. Love it. Underground duchy it is. I think that's the right choice. Very Wait, cool. there is a T in there. Is there a shout for the Arbiter? There could be. But I think with Fox Partisans in the mix, that to me suggests that you might be able to like camp. Yeah. In a Fox clearing. Um, I mean, there's not really too many great like building slot options in the bottom left corner because it's just one, one slot. But the uh, adjacent lake clearing is Fox and... I don't know. I think like this is this suggests a pretty decent defensive posture. That's always good for the holes. I would at least be able to squeeze out a turn one or two safely, I think. All right. So moles. Moles. Yeah. The underground duchy's going to start in the west side. I think we said bottom left. Yep. All right. Then the player in the second seat has to choose between the Arbiter, the Eerie Dynasties, the Keepers, and Iron, and their starting hand is Corvid Planners, Foxfolk Steel, League of Adventurous Mice, Sword, and Mouse Ambush. Ooh. I guess I'm slightly drawn towards Keepers and Iron for this one. Mm-hmm. Just because I've got that bird card I can place into move right away. Mass ambush is going to be very handy for going over into warlord territory. Where are the keepers going to get stuck on this map? Oh, one of the six choke points. <laughs> one of the six choke points, for sure. 
they're going to get trapped in the north, most likely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being allowed into Mole Town isn't going to happen. But it's not the worst place to be because there's so many forests right around there. And if, I mean, maybe they craft Corvid Planners. Maybe they don't throw that in the retinue right away. Corvid Planners is a fun badger card for sure, especially on something as chaotic as Lake. It does feel like they're going to be fighting the Warlord like right away. Yeah. I guess what's better than the Keepers? The Eerie Dynasty feels... I could go for the Eerie. Yeah. Feels possible. It does feel like the Eerie is going to have to point at either uh, the Duchy or the Warlord uh, starting on turn one. Um, although they could go for like a little turtley strategy with uh, um, a despot opening, perhaps. Let's say you chose Eerie Dynasty. Who do you go for? Do you go for Moles or do you go for Lord? I think you take a clearing. The, your first clearing is towards the Warlord. Yeah. Because that's I, just going to get more difficult. Right. Starting clearing, probably the top fox clearing yeah. and then expand towards the right. Um, probably into that rabbit clearing, I would say. Because you know that the Lord is going to go for the Ruin. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Just setting just up get ready to, to counter him. Get ready to hang on to that, that choke. Yeah. The issue is, like, where are you finding your three suits of a kind? Yeah. cover? The Fox, even though we said these are kind of evenly distributed, the Foxes are really locked on the west side of this map. Yeah, that is true. I feel like Mouse is where you go. Here's what I would do on turn one is the Eerie. Um, I would go Despot. I would put a card into uh, Move, um, a mouse card into Move, and a bird card in Recruit. And I would move from that center top fox clearing to the right to that mouse clearing and then up into the rabbit clearing, leaving just like one warrior behind. Mm-hmm. And then when the warlord comes over to smack me, I would ambush him with the mouse. <laughs> yeah, that's a good shout. It's my turn one. Love that turn. All right. I think birds sound like the fun option here. Yeah, I think so. I think keepers are going to get a little suit locked in a weird way. Yeah. Here. Keepers are just kind of tough on Lake, I think, we, as we have discussed before. Yeah, they're yeah. going to have a tough time. All right. So where are we putting the Leary Dynasty's beginning space? I think that, that top um, box? box choke yeah. point. Okay. Yeah, it's the clearing uh, that's the most northern on the lake map. It's right by the items. All right, so the Eerie's on the map, the Moles are on the map, the Lord of the Hundreds are on the map, and you are in the first turn seat. You have to choose between the Arbiter and the Keepers in Iron, and your hand is Crossbow, Eerie Emigre, Saboteurs, Marine Broker, and what is this? Uh, False Orders. I didn't know. What, is, what does this do here? Yeah, I love that our hand has the best card in the game, Eerie Emigre. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, this is tough. It's just which kind of badger do you want to be? You know? <laughs> That's right. It's a choice between badgers right okay. now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, at this point, I probably would go with Arbiter just because maybe I'd have my face kicked in if I'm the badgers in this circumstance, I feel yeah. like. Going for an insurgent on a red map. At least you're a tough one. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And at some point, picking up a crossbow would be super handy yeah and man false orders come on that'd be such a great craft yeah that's gonna help solve the mole problem or the warlord problem definitely definitely so i think i would end up picking arbiter here and i would stick with the crossbow false orders and uh eerie emigre just to aid Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i like those choices a lot and i feel like yeah keepers and iron are just too stunted for so long in this matchup yeah i don't even know where they start 
Yeah, I got no clue. Like, if you start in the south, then you're just stuck between two insanely big armies. There's, like, no good spot to get those three, like, clearings. The rabbit clearings on the right side are the best, and that's where the warlord's starting. So that's not going to happen. How do, how would you rule anything on this map? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's here's my maybe my one pitch would be if you're the keepers and you start in the south mouse clearing. Yeah. And you immediately trek like west and north past the Dutch, like slide past the Dutch before they're able to like recruit a bunch. Yeah. Um, and collect some relics on like turn one in the face of the Dutch before they can really even do anything to like attack. That is true. That's also what we said was like get in the duchy's face before they can, you know, get their ball rolling. So that does two birds with one stone it a little bit. Because you might be able to, with clever enough movement, you'd be able to rule two adjacent clearings and eventually be able to get two foxes, probably. But, I mean, this is going to be quite a challenge. I think based on faction matchup alone, you go Arbiter. Yeah, it's just going to be such a hassle. And then by the time you get up to the Eerie, they're going to be ready to kick face as well here's the thing about warlord on lake map those ruins are very hard to get to yeah and so the arbiter is you know they can either start near the warlord and take them all before the warlord can get them or they can make sure that they're on the other half of the map and get the ones guaranteed in no conflict with the warlord right yeah i mean maybe the last thing to think about too is you could grab the fairy as the uh keepers and iron on your first turn oh yeah oh yeah that's a fun choice worth considering but oh man i just don't i hate splitting your badgers on turn one that distance you know could be tough so yeah i think arbiter might be the choice arbiter feels like the one that makes the most sense we're just trying to make a reason to give (laughs) keepers a shot i wanted to give a fair shot yeah yeah i appreciate that kyle absolutely but I think Arbiter is also, this is kind of the environment where Arbiter is doing okay, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, ideally, until they go hostile, um, Arbiter's going to be doing fine. Yeah. Going to be looking for that extra boot as soon as possible. Yeah. And in this type of situation, you actually, you might be able to follow around the Warlord and snipe those uh, Ruins tokens before they get to him because you're tough enough to withstand the battles. And no matter what the Warlord does, can't remove... Uh, the pawn from the board so it's always going to be a hostile piece in the clearing preventing a press so as a slightly tougher vagabond i feel like gonna be a good choice excellent all right well let's close it out with the mountain map we'll do base deck for the mountain map uh since we did exiles for lake and with uh let's look at our suit distribution we'll say that the the pass contains the tower for our purposes so uh it's worth one point if you hold it at the end of your turn and uh our suit distribution here i'll have a picture uh in the description of the pod but we've got uh rabbit on opposing sides of the northwest and southeast corners yeah so this is sort of a tale of like duo clearings it looks like yeah a lot of like next door neighbor matches here uh, kind of a fox stripe running through the center of the map. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, pairs of rapids in the top left and bottom right. And pairs of mice filling in uh, on the left and right as well. So this is going to be actually a really nice setup for the badgers for sure. I think so. If we uh, if we pull them. This is this is one of the first times that I've seen like a really favorable yeah. uh, suit distribution for them. Do you want me to cheat and pull a lizard cult automatically, Sam? <laughs> 
Uh, no, no cheating. I, no, no, no. I feel no like cheating. you've been really robbed here. I know. No Woodland Alliance either. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We've seen the cats. No Corvids. Well, or yeah, Corvids. Or Corvids. It's been yeah. the same like six factions. Yeah. I shuffling it, but I don't know what random is, you know. Okay, Jake. Okay. <laughs> We've seen the code. <laughs> it's dot random. All right. <laughs> Our first faction is the Eerie Dynasties, followed closely by the Lizard Cult and the Corvid Conspiracy. And the Woodland Alliance. I did not. Wow. And one and vagabond, vagabond, of course. The vagabond wow. is locked, I believe, in this scenario. The Ronin. And yes, the, the vagabond is locked. That's right. <laughs> so as a reminder for how the draft the works, we can't choose the Ronin until the birds have been selected, right? I believe oh we can't God. choose the Ronin. I think that's the community's rule. That's what I was saying. No, I think Sam was being funny. So... um, uh, my joke is, is that they're bad <laughs> i would is, love is that, after every comedy show sam does is someone to say i think sam was being funny <laughs> <laughs> um i, the, I feel it. like this draft is something i've seen in the winter tournament a couple of times where it's just like cursed with too many insurgents mm -hmm. um up to this point we've had a nice healthy amount of like factions that can fight who are taking up a lot of real estate and here we just have little like knifey factions who are ready to just punch each other in the dark well so agnostic <laughs> of cards before we even see the hand like what are you excited about on a mountain map with this suit distribution and this draft um the two factions that i feel like instinctively are going to do pretty decently here would be the eerie dynasties and the woodland alliance but i can also see a world where the corvids yeah, do okay I feel like here because the they would thrive. have room to operate yeah yeah and I mean, I just feel like the the Ronin is just not a strong vagabond. <laughs> no. But if it if it gets a T early and has room to operate, I mean, depending on that starting hand, like it, it could be okay. I feel like the Corvids, this is like one uh, a great opportunity for them to shine. I think. I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm like, give me eerie dynasties. There is not a lot that's going to get in my way. Right. I might go double build. Yeah. Here, but you also know you're going to be the heat machine. Oh no, now the lizards will do nothing. <laughs> I know, but they're all going to be... And the Ronin will hit me with a boot. Fair enough, but they're all four going to be talking... Or they're all three going to be talking about you the entire time. Not saying you don't choose it. I understand the strength of it, but yeah. that is like instant heat. And we do talk about how we kind of want to just slip into the forest at the beginning of the game. Yeah, I kind of agree with Sam, though. You just you get too much space in, in the early game to set yourself up with. And yeah. if you do go double build, it's not punishable for like at least two turns. Sure. right. All right. So, yeah, but heat machine is a, a correct assessment. <laughs> well, let's look at our starting hand. Let's let's put that information Ooh. into play. We got travel gear, fox dominance, scouting party, travel gear, <laughs> and fox ambush. So that's both travel gears, one of which is mouse, one of which is fox. So your hand is three fox, two mice. <laughs> okay. What does the lizard setup card say? The lizard cult advanced setup card says, choose a homeland clearing that is not adjacent to enemy homelands. Okay. Yeah, so you can set up in the middle if you want. Yeah, you could set up in that pass. I do think this is a good lizard's hand. It is good, especially with those all those foxes, and you can just you could make flash that fox ambush right away as you set up in the fox suited pass. Yeah, <laughs> with yeah the I mean, you could just like lock up the pass, get that passive point every turn, and triple recruit on turn one, and just be like, "Come at me!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. I mean, I'd I'd throw a, a garden recruit and score or you could do the thing where you take the two mouse craftables and uh, make your 
uh, outcast mouse. Granted, if you're setting up first, you're going last, so there could be some discards that throw that off, so it's probably not the most reliable move. I'd still pick lizards, I think. I think it's just so fun. It's so fun, and that passive point for the pass is going to more than make up for going last. Yeah. Yeah, you can't get much of a better hand situationally for the lizards in this position. I think right? I go three fox cards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go Flash for it. Flash that ambush. You definitely say, want the dominance, early game, the ambush. I'm untouchable. Um, I'm going to recruit, build, score on those, turn one. Those starting acolytes are going to be spread out. Or uh, the your straggler ones, you know? You get three outside of your starting clearing, and those are going to be spread out in a way that's not great. True. But I think I yeah. think you can make it work for sure. Lizards in the past. Let's go. I already yeah. look. Can we play this one? Can we just keep <laughs> playing this one? Sam, wake up! Wake up, Sam! Huh? It's time for school. Huh? Oh no! I'm back in school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So third player has to choose between the Eerie Dynasties, the Corvid Conspiracy, the Woodland Alliance, and <laughs> the Ronin. Guys, when do you choose the Ronin? What hand do you want that'll say, boy, Ronin feels good? Uh, it's, Fox dominance, it's a- rabbit dominance, <laughs> mouse dominance, it's, bird dominance. Uh, the other choice is cats, uh, and it looks bad for cats. Okay. That's when I choose Ronin. <laughs> All right. T, I guess. Yeah, T. You definitely need that. The T. other choice is cats, and you've never played cats. <laughs> All right. Uh, your opening hand for this third player slot is Code Breakers, Better Bureau, <clears throat> Better Borough Bank, Tax Collector, Gently Used Knapsack, and Root Tea. That's two fox, one rabbit, two mice. It's yeah, not good. I, I um, I feel like this is not my favorite hand to no. see in the world. I think it's Corvid. I guess I could see the Corvids doing something with it. I mean, I'd probably choose birds. Like, this faction matchup, I'm like, give me birds. Even though yeah, I'm not the, double the building with this hand, you know? You can't. Right. But do, do you risk then passing it along to the next player who might top deck a couple of bird cards and something nice for the birds? Right, right. Like, do you pass on the birds in this matchup? No. No. So, you, if suboptimal hand, just go for it. In this matchup, I think you do. I don't think it, I think the hand matters less. So this is one of those times where like, it's not about the plan. It's about the like long-term situation yeah. you're going to be land in basically. And yeah, sure. You can't go double build, but that was going to be, a, you know, kind of a pipe dream anyway. Instead, you could probably pretty easily start with charismatic, I would assume. And at least be able to battle like a lizard or something. You've essentially locked the Eerie into two starting positions with this lizard opening, too. You're either in the middle left or the middle right. Middle right. Because that way you can open a pathway. Yeah. And um, battle that lizard for sure. Yeah. So I think even though it's a suboptimal starting hand for the the Eerie dynasties, you got to pick it because it's just too juicy in this matchup. And which leader are you going with? Despot for the stability and that... I mean, the no. chance that Woodland Alliance and Corvid are going to be on there for the cardboard points. I, I say charismatic just to swarm the board. But I guess if Woodland Alliance is in there, you can soak up some tokens. Yeah. Mm, maybe you do go despot. I mean, there's not going to be any counterplay for a while. So, like, you don't have to worry about getting picked on. So, I yeah, I guess you can go for despot and just say, this is a peaceful game. Come get me. <laughs> 
like every true despot says. All right, so uh, seat number three goes to the Erie Dynasties. They're starting in the east central mouse clearing, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Let's look at seat number two, who's got to choose between the Corvids, the Woodland Alliance, and <laughs> the Ronin. <laughs> Their starting hand is a mouse ambush, a sappers, a command warren, a cobbler, and favor of the foxes. Gentlemen. Yeah, I'm definitely going with an alliance here. Are you trying to craft that favor? No, I'm trying to craft that cobbler. Ooh, yeah. By, uh, oh, yeah. Spreading sympathy in the top left. Yeah. I'm a, I'm going to craft the favor eventually anyway, like no one can stop me probably, but um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not even trying to do that immediately. I'm probably just going to put that in the uh um supporters. But the cobbler <laughs> so you can set up for some awesome organizing in the end game. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And um I mean, the other thing, too, is I want to set up far away from the despot. Yeah. If I'm the uh, with an alliance and I can easily do that and fulfill my goal of crafting cobbler immediately. Assuming the supporters are right. I mean, I got a bird card and another rabbit card. Like, I, yeah. Let's see the supporter stack just to be sure. But I, I got to think this is a, a really, really good hand for the alliance. So if the second place or second seated player were to choose the Woodland Alliance, their starting supporters would be Rabbit, Mouse, Damn it. Mouse. Still good. Still works. You can just go straight down that left stripe there. Probably no one yeah. can interfere. Yeah. Love it. All right. That leaves the player who's going to go first this game. They have a starting hand of five cards that they're going to choose down to three. They have a tough choice. It's between the Corvid Conspiracy and <laughs> the Ronin. All right. Wow. Wow. Four bird cards. The starting hand is four bird cards and a fox. That's Sappers, Armorers, Royal Claim, Bird Dominance, and Fox Folk Steel. All right. <laughs> I think you go Crows because why are you going Ronin? But you you probably set up in one of those lizard clearings to extort them, turn one. Ooh. Yeah, that's going to hamstring them nice and early, which is what you want to do, considering they're in such a strong position having set up at the pass, right? Yeah. Make them pay. Yeah, I do think that first plot has to go in the middle. I think I'd make it a raid. Ooh. Well, you can't go, uh, you can't go in the tower, but you can go into one of the other clearings that the lizards are in. Do you, uh, do you have a preference? Um, given that we have uh, the fox, uh, the the swords to craft, and there's yeah. no one that's going to take advantage of that, yeah, I think I would go that top fox, and then yeah. my next plot would be in the pa- in the tower. It would be an extortion because you get to go turn one. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Good call for the crows. Yeah, I think this is going to be a good time for them. A little tough for the lizards, I would say. Yeah. Now. Um, yeah. But also, royal worried. claim is a dope card for the crows. It actually, weirdly, is on this type of matchup as well. If you can s- spread out and just get like, a surprise. range to trigger at the right time or something. The, the other thing with royal claim is you can craft it and immediately use it as yeah. well. Yeah. So it's it's a fun surprise to hang on to. Um, but just with all the bird cards, it, it, recruiting is going to be a breeze here. Yeah. And fox recruiting especially is going to be nice. Well, fantastic, gentlemen. Those were some excellent drafts. Let's, uh, as a debrief here, I like I like how we're comparing not only our cards, but our faction matchups and the clearings. And those are, those are kind of the main considerations we're putting into play here. Now, obviously, as our own individual selves, we're going to also maybe preference the factions we're more comfortable with as well. But uh, any, like, big takeaways or new lessons after going through this exercise 
I know. Th- I noticed I tend to gravitate towards having a plan, I, more so than the faction matchups. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a bit of a weakness for me. Like I want to see a clear idea for the first turn. Um, but I tend to overlook the like, you know, how the mix is going to feel or play out. Sure. Overall, I want like something very concrete. And uh, maybe I should be looking a little more um, uh, strategic or abstract or like relational instead of uh, going for something so concrete right now. I do like your tactic of looking for a plan. Like when you guys were setting these up, you were very much forecasting your first couple turns, which is a comfortable place to be in a game of root. Now, I know you can't always accurately forecast because you got those three other players having shenanigans on the board, but that's a nice place to start your engine for any faction. Yeah, I, I, I think that we were it was interesting to see like when it breaks. Because I think you go, like, how good is this hand of cards? And then you're also like, well, how do I want to be in the faction matchup, you know? Do I want to be the person who gets out to that early lead and has a really strong start? Sometimes it is you do, you know? Because as much as we say, like, oh, we always bop the leader. Like, there are games where someone wins the whole time. Even in the tournament games. It's like, sometimes it's like... We couldn't stop them, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and I think that some of those hands warrant that uh, aggressive, greedy opening. And sometimes you have to look at the cards and go like, even though there's not bird cards in here, the Eerie Dynasties is the faction to be at this table or whatever. Um, And I don't know that there, you know, there isn't a prescribed way to decide this. It's a gut feeling and you have to go with what you're comfortable playing. Right, and avoid elementary errors as well. I mean, I know we fell into it immediately. We're like, oh, let's go for a God of War opening, and then remembered that we actually could not battle on turn one (laughs) (laughs) with our kind of classic God of War opening. So it really is about, like, you have to mix a little bit of concreteness in for sure but that's again why i think your strategy kyle is pretty great of having like forecasting your plan with your cards and your faction pick so kind of regardless of what faction matchup you're gonna hit when you cross the board is a little bit more of like how do i get myself online then i can deal with the other players yeah i guess it, relying on rng too much is just too much of a risk for for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i i want to play as solid as possible and um hope drafting cards is uh i just it's tough it's tough um rng can be extremely unkind though and that we actually uh in this recent or the the mountain map draft that we just did um getting the first couple of supporters for the woodland alliance is always a moment of great tension um, cause you're looking at the board and you're thinking like, this is my ideal setup as I'm hoping for and just praying to see those bird cards in that, in that flop. Yeah. It is very much a, a reveal of like, how's my game going to go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Am I going to be able to start where I wanted to start? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Or just like straight in the teeth of my opponents jake what about you what was your kind of takeaway here in terms of figuring out what well i i I think i just kind of said it which is like i appreciate what you say is your uh something you rely on too much which is a bit of a plan and i i lean towards what i'm most comfortable with faction wise right now Mm -hmm. mainly because i'm so ill prepared for the factions i played the least of like i haven't touched vagabond as a player for literally 
I think years. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe maybe years is too long. I don't think I've played in over a year of Vagabond, and I've but I've been aware of everything that Vagabond does, and I've played in plenty of games with Vagabonds. But steering that ship is going to be unfamiliar, so like I'll probably avoid them at, at all costs. But that's just my experience, right? I love that you two have provided this whole. What can I do with this immediately? What is my what is my immediate future look like? Because that's the information I have right now, as opposed to what is my potential future look like with these three other factions? I love the the information I'm taking from the hand and what's possible with what we start with. Yeah. And and it's all for naught too, because uh, things happen in the middle of a game of root. It turns out yeah. a lot of things happen middle in the section. middle <laughs> that really affect how the game ends. Uh, so. You know, you can play the draft right and still make plenty of mistakes along the way. And you can count on irrational moves from other people. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, and yeah, uh, especially if you're a fourth seat and you're setting up first. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're just throwing a paper airplane into a typhoon. You, know? <laughs> yeah. you don't know where you're going to be by the time it gets back around your turn. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that, especially in the five player game that I played. It was like somebody made the decision to be Woodland Alliance and there's no setup, right? You just mm -hmm. get your supporters. And then it was like, I don't know, 45 minutes until they put a piece on the board. <laughs> and then it was burned up immediately. I'm like, that's horrifying. <laughs> Five player is such a dynamic we're going to have to pull apart a little bit. Uh, yeah, I definitely I prefer five player to three player. I know that. Right. This game is requires entanglement, right? Yeah. And it's hard to do it without bots to fill it in. Yeah, I think that I would love a set of variant maps. I know that the community has been making these kind of maps for different player counts, but it feels like 12 is great for four. Mm -hmm. And I want like 14 for five you know mm -hmm. or 13 just a, yeah. just a little extra wiggle room and then for six you need more clearings you can't play this game with six players and 12 clearings that doesn't make any sense no it's too too confined it's madness yeah but you know what actually it really is what is that jake <laughs> 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 <laughs>